Okay, there's something I want to try first. Die bundesweitest Artus Labs sind eine Maßnahme des Fonds darstellende Künste, finanziert aus den Mitteln der Beauftragten der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien im Rahmen der Neustadtkultur. Okay, let's try it. Welcome to Re-Tanz. That was cute. <laughs> All right, bitch, perfect. We did it on the first try. <laughs> okay, I'm so glad that the two of you could join here today. I would love to introduce both of you. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Let's start here with Ricardo Orbina, they, them, from Torreron. Mexico studied at Corpus Danza 2015, graduated from Idlewild. Idlewild, but Idlewild Arts Academy in California with the John and Lillian Outstanding Arts Award. Joined Hamburg Ballet School 2015-2016. Joined the National Youth Ballet Company in Germany, also known as the Bundesjugendballett where they created their first choreography called Complex, which was then translated into Corpus Danza in Terreron, Mexico. 2018 to 2013, they were in the Hamburg Ballet for five years, where they did soloist and principal roles. 2019, during Hamburg Ballet, they graduated with a magnum cum laude Uh, in a bachelor degrees in business management. Since 2023, the summer, they are in Kiel Theater, Kiel. They have worked with choreographers such as Marco Goethe, John Neumeyer, Demis Volpi, and many more. Thank you so much for being here, Ricardo Urbina. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having us. We're so happy to be here and share a little bit of our journey. <laughs> Moving on to Marcelino Lee Bao, they, them, from Manila, Philippines. Mabuhay. Mabuhay. <laughs> from Steps Dance Studio, 2018, they did Pre de Lausanne, where they also obtained a scholarship to do the American Ballet Theater. Actually, 2008. 2008, sorry. Wow. 2008, <laughs> Pre de Lausanne, where they then did the American Ballet Theater Summer Intensive with a scholarship, 2008. After that, um, summer Intensive, they joined the Hamburg Ballet School. 2010, they joined Hamburg Ballet for a whopping 11 years, where they did their first choreography called In Sex. Love that title. 2019, Homecoming Choreography in Ballet Manila. 2020, Chess Play with Ballet Philippines, choreographing internationally. Since 2021, they are a soloist in Leipzig Ballet. Marcelino Lipao is also a the founder of Stepping Forward, where they did their first gala 2017 in Philippines, where they share dance through workshops, performances, and dance films. A little bit more about Stepping Forward later, and they have worked with choreographers such as, I need a little breath, <laughs> John Neumeyer, Edward Klug, Mario Schroeder, Uwe Schultz, Jerome Robinson, Rudolf Nureyev, And many more. Yeah, this is just a few. I'm very happy and excited <laughs> to have my good, good friends here today. Um, yeah. So I'm going to throw out the first question, um, something that connects us all. 
is the House of Brownies. Would one of you like to introduce um, the house a little bit and tell us about uh, what they we do? <laughs> I guess I could go back how we started. And we were left in Hamburg on a summer where we couldn't go home. And it was just us, I think, spending the holidays here. And I had this idea that why don't we all go out and party? And we did. We had such a great time until that one little moment where we were in the middle of the dance floor. Somebody made a comment and said, what are the brownies doing here? And I think that evolved us to like wanting to a be a good friend, like friendship group. But at the same time, we also wanted to do something more about that moment. And I think that always was our inspiration for anything that evolved from that year in 2016. And would you like to elaborate more? Yeah, what, what has House of Brownies turned into? Yeah, well, I think if, um, of course, after that incident, incident or <laughs> that situation <laughs> happened, of course, we were just like, we have, first I feel like we took it as like, oh yeah, the brownies, we're the brownies, you know, and we just kind of went off just going out, having fun with that name. <laughs> but I think it was until the pandemic, if I'm not mistaken, that we saw the potential that our um, united voices could have in at least the arts that we come from, which is the classical dance. Um, then later we decided to do more things for our communities, such as the uh, POC dancers, uh, LGBTQIA plus communities. Um, so we slowly transitioned into more activism, into more being louder with our voices, who we were, authenticity was uh, and is still a part of who we are as a collective and individually, if I can speak for everyone in the house. Um, so yeah, that's how we transitioned. So thank you to that band who ridiculed us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, uh, if I can add that, I feel like the pandemic was a really hard and devastating situation in the world. But right. I feel like if I look at it individually, it also brought a lot of perspective and it also brought so many changes that I think if I speak for myself and a few of my friends that I've spoken about it, it kind of redirected the whole concept of what we wanted to do as artists or as humans. So I think, yeah, sorry. Oh, really close. get into that mic. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Keyword Corona. So uh, during the pandemic, both of you were still employed by the Hamburg Palais, uh, which is also like a different situation than being a freelancer. However, what did this time at home or outside of the company, um, the company life give you? Um, because also during Corona, the Black Lives Matter movement really awakened in Germany. So what relation happened or what reflecting happened within this time for you personally or and professionally i think personally we all kind of went through the same thing because i mean my experience at least i was very scared there was so much fear happening in closed doors i, I lived alone i didn't have anybody I didn't have a roommate even and i was really we didn't know where we stand with this virus so I was just alone in my thoughts, and that was scary. And if I look back, it, it feels easy to say now because, you know, obviously time has passed. But at that moment, it was very tricky for all of us. And as you said, the Black Lives Matter movement went on. 
like skyrocketed at that time. But that I think really, really helped me just like, okay, life has to keep on going. How can we, you know, survive individually and as a community and with everyone in this world? And I think that what that that's what helped me with my I would say choreographies that inspired me to to work through even though there were so many limitations. You know, I did dance films where I don't even know how to <laughs> work a camera, but here I was editing, making a video and giving something for people who are stuck in their houses, choreographing within distance and asking people only who are roommates or I know all these ideas popped out in my head because I wanted to do something more than just what I am used to, which is just performing in a theater. I think the Brownies also did the same thing because that's what God invited us to perform for the Black Queer Pride in Leipzig. And that definitely launched us to a bigger scale just because we never performed as a group. <laughs> we never really performed since pandemic has hit us. So that gave us also another responsibility to be like, oh my gosh, this is quite nerve-wracking. And we also want to be mindful of the community we're taking part of. And that was to respect the black lives. So I think whatever we catered to that event, I, was, I think was the pinnacle of how what we do now. It really reflected a lot with every project we took upon. Every project that got offered to our table, I think that moment, because we, we knew we were built for something bigger. And it's definitely, to, it's always about helping. It's always about not being selfish, but being selfless. And I think this all happened because of how Corona was so, took a toll on all of us. Yeah, talking about the, the our, our first performance, it was it was actually the three of us. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, in Leipzig, uh, shout out to El Fierce for inviting us. Uh, they will also be joining us in a podcast, uh, one of these episodes coming up. Ricky, this was also... Uh, the first time the three of us performed not just as uh, dancers, but also like owning our brownness and our queerness and also introducing us to a uh, queer audience, as in where in Hamburg we were always with the um, the cis gays, the cis white gays. And um, it also, I found, opened us personally and we became very reflective, especially you then later on like um when the theater started working again uh you did a lot of call outs and a lot of uh you spoke up about the injustices that have been happening uh where you didn't really feel comfortable and you no longer had the patience to accept uh the treatment uh what kind of what kind of a you, could you name like some examples of experiences that yeah, you've had? I think if I want to touch also because kind of connect everything. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just thinking about it and then Marcy said it, like that sense of not being selfish. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if I think about the pandemic now, I can start to realize small things. Of course, um, I still haven't figured it out quite yet. Like what it fully meant the whole year and the, those years after the pandemic um, because everything that happened kind of felt like things were just throwing. Uh, if I speak personally, the things you were just throwing at me. And I realized that the power of empathy, mm -hmm. uh, not just because 
not only with the people that we worked at the time, which was uh, the Hamburg Ballet, but also in the outside, because I could see how we were so privileged. We were in a bubble that not everybody had access or not everybody had the same uh, accommodities that we had. Um, and that kind of made me um, give more to other people and to not put myself in the box of I'm suffering, not say to myself, I cannot be on stage, therefore my life is completely changed and devastated. Of course, as artists, you suffer a little because you know you don't get to perform, you don't get to be in the studio, it is what we love. But I guess something in my head told me, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like you're actually good, yes, you're suffering in a certain level, but you're gonna grow and pass that. Mm-hmm. There are people that don't have the same opportunities and privileges that you do now. And when the Black Lives Matter movement happened, it affected me in the way that I connected to it because growing up, I went through a lot of racism that not everybody, like for example, in my family were aware of mm-hmm. um, or my closest friends. So of course I would never understand what the black community goes through on a daily, but that incident with um, George Floyd made me really think of my childhood and how I felt. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I wished nobody could feel. And that's why, and I guess I was naive at the time because I didn't realize that, like, of course, I was like, oh, I'm brown. But I never realized that I was different. Mm -hmm. Like, I never realized I looked different than some of my colleagues. And so when we had these um, conversations with uh, my closest friends, like the brownies in the company, like trying to do something, blah, blah, blah. And I did try to talk to our boss at that time somehow things got involved that things didn't go the way I thought they could go and it made me feel very uncomfortable it made me feel very unsafe to the point where for a whole two years going to the ballet centrum felt like a glass zone for me like I I and I think even um I resigned this last season and my last month working there was just July 2023. And even up to that month, walking in that building was very aching. Like it was very aching to just be in the studios. Um, but it also made me stand my ground and not give up and say, you know, these things are not correct. And even though they're being done for longer or just because we do them like this, that doesn't mean that it's right. Or the treatment that you give certain people Yes, the ballet industry is a industry that comes from a lot of years and a lot of elitism, white, um, high arts. But that doesn't mean that now, 2023, with where we're living, has to keep being the same way. You know, like all these marginalized communities also have the right to to be there. <laughs> Let's see the drums. As I were having a concert, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Anna, can, can you see? I mean, I cannot hear them over the headphones. Can you? No. I can't. Okay. No. Then I think maybe we're fine. But no. feel free to go like Close. into the Closer. Mic. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that incident of the Black Lives Matter movement really changed drastically the way I perceived the arts, mm-hmm. the way I perceived the ballet world, the way I perceived myself. 
uh, maybe my role in the industry, you know, because for so long I thought I'm not meant for this, like I'm not meant to be a ballet dancer. But then it's taken me a while to realize, no, you are, you know, not because you're not white or have whatever certain looks. Um, it means that you don't have the same possibilities and that maybe you can open the doors for people like you or like people like us. So, yeah, I think... Beautiful. <laughs> Speaking of opening the doors, you know, once you open the doors, you need to step forward. <laughs> so, uh, Marcy, there was a lot of things that you did during Corona, um, stepping forward and making dance accessible within people's homes, uh, where you taught a lot of different schools internationally. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Um, I knew that name was going to be good. <laughs> uh, it actually started before Corona, this project of mine called Stepping Forward, because my whole inspiration was to to give back to to Philippines. Because I always, since I left at age 15, I always feel that a big part of me is either missing or I feel like I, I want them to also experience mm -hmm. all the joy and all the things I am experiencing here in Germany. So that said, I had this idea to to throw a, a gala, so to speak, to, that gathered all of my friends, performed there, and all of the proceeds will then go to a foundation that I really admire and support. And that time, I, I came across these two very talented kids who were former street children, and within two years of ballet training, because someone discovered them, they were able to go far with this thing called ballet. So that inspired me to really like put all the money there. And I think from that performance on, because it was such a success, I couldn't stop. Either if it's either to give back to that foundation or to give classes to places who couldn't afford ballet or something like this. So in COVID time, I really got inspired to, to teach everywhere else. And I was very humble with the, with the schools that asked me to teach, like in India, there was also in Brazil, there's also in, in America and all over Philippines, Australia, some in Hong Kong too, and some one-on-one -on -one coaching via Zoom. And it was also something that I learned because uh, maybe teaching is maybe my next step after dancing because I, I really, you know, ballet as tradition as it is, it is also about passing on one's knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think that is something that I, I want to take part of when I can't dance anymore or already as soon as now. So stepping forward to this day is still not just for teaching, but also either dance films as I did in COVID or choreographic workshops or, you know, everything that is involved with dance. As long as all of its proceeds go to a bigger cost, then that's definitely my project. And I think that's what also I love about the brownies, because in a way we do have this kind of trait that we also do. It's always about to give back. Do you hear that? <laughs> the dramatic drum. I was like, that's just how I finished my... And then the harps. Love that. Congratulations. And I wish all the best for stepping forward. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was just such a code switch. <laughs> Thank you. Um... <laughs> All right, uh, so the corona regulations have narrowed themselves, and now we are back at work with a new kind of outlook on life. Uh, what, what were some of the things that you realized or that changed? No, what were some of the things where you... Do you get my question? Yeah. 
I do, I do. Without in our personal saying, lives, yeah. in our no. careers. Or just like generally. Just well, professional, like. professional. Professionally. <clears throat> like working back at the theater. That was hard to come back yeah, after Corona. Definitely because very hard. we're not used to such, you know, big groups kind of thing. Or even dancing with somebody was also strange. Like to partner again or to be in a class with more than, I don't know, three people. <laughs> it was quite shocking. But personally, my journey was... I knew I had to change something, mm -hmm. you know, as you said about my CV, <laughs> that I danced here for 11 years with the Hamburg Ballet. I knew from that time with the pandemic, I had to change something, either if I have to freelance or if I have to, I don't know. I was just yearning for something different because to work with one particular choreographer was just, you know, I, I don't want to put bad things on it because there were definitely good times in my career and all of this and I am the artist I am if it weren't for all those years of experience I had but I wanted to do something else you know the clock is ticking uh three years were taken away from my for my dance career because of COVID so that said you know we don't have such a long time to dance really if you're blessed to be healthy even then it, you know it's it's not such a long career so that really inspired me to to leave and to like <laughs> <laughs> get it yes <laughs> to leave and to you know spread my wings elsewhere you flew but, you know covid really was the beginning of my 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 journey of self-exploration and finding who am i who is marcelino and my most authentic self and you know with a lot of research a lot of you know conversations with all of y'all and y'all yeah. <laughs> all of y'all and and just reading and and asking people who from the community as well who knows a lot about you know gender dysphoria things like this and i really got to a point where to come out as a non-binary you know it feels like another coming out story though it's very different from when i said i was gay at what age mm -hmm. <laughs> was that mm -hmm. feels like a lifetime ago but to say i that I was non-binary really just feel like everything makes sense now. Even the way I dance, the way I use my portabras, the way I express myself, even though I had to portray a male-specific character, I knew there was this, I wouldn't say difference, but like like uniqueness to femininity. my... Mm -hmm. Yeah, to mm -hmm. my dancing. Mm -hmm. Call it femininity, call it something else or whatever. But that made total sense to me. And I... Love it because the future now. When I left and I auditioned, I actually said to my to my CV that I am gender fluid, non-binary, and my pronouns are they them. And this opera house in Leipzig just like welcomed their doors, and it was just the most um, beautiful thing I have ever experienced. Mm -hmm. Because for once in this institution that I questioned a lot, you know, finally just accepted me. You know, of course, I heard stories that, you know, L, who will probably guess here soon, uh, per, uh, was working there, all of this. So they're not so alienated about this thing that is happening. However, what I love is that since I stepped foot in that opera house, it's always been a constant conversation. And I think this is what should have been happening since, like, what you experienced with Black Lives Matter with the Hamburg Ballet is that it's not about... We can all agree to disagree, but in the end, we should just be having these important conversations, even if we can change at this very second. But at least to have, where do you stand? How do you feel? How about you from this color? How about you from this country? How about you from this, 
you know, gender. Like, I feel the conversations that are happening now since I joined Leipzig. That's why I'm so happy, truly, is that they listen, you know, even if they can't give it to me right away. The fact that one dancer in a building is unhappy or doesn't feel included has to be done something, either to change it or we meet something or we can grab repertoire that will cater to these dancers. And this for me is the future as well. And I hope this is, a, I, I heard many things from different companies now that they're really trying to be in the now, which is beautiful. But I hope this is this just the first step in many steps that need to be taken. Yeah. Yeah, Ricky, you mentioned, uh, um, I forgot, the Winter's Tale, mm-hmm. Winter's Tale choreography that happened in Hamburg Ballet. First of all, there was a trend at that time with the skirts, I remember. Like, both of you and David from the house started wearing skirts in rehearsals and started just, like, living how and what you want to live like. And then it kind of, like, transcended onto the other people. Then we had uh, these American people that came to set the ballet who didn't say boys group, girls group do this and this, but said, like, people with point shoes do this, flat shoes do that, like... What was going on there? For yeah. me, I think I just want to touch back a little bit on the question before because I yeah. think it gave me a lot of perspective mm-hmm. that I truly encourage ballet dancers to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in the industry, we are very used to just being in the bubble and mm-hmm. just being with each other, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But I think personally what changed my perspective so drastically was that I spent time with people from the outside of the mm-hmm. ballet company. So I think that is something that just brought a different light to my career and how I want to pursue the dance world, like how I think of myself as a dancer, like when I see other people dancing, like I see and I have another way of appreciation and just Mm. individuality uh, that each dancer has. So I think um, to me, that was the main thing, spending people with, spending time with people that are not dancers, like classically trained um, but yeah, when we did the Winter Still uh, by Christopher Wilden, um, three yeah three um, dancers came that had done the production before. I think from Canada and from the Royal Ballet, and one from Joffrey, I think. Um, and the one that came from Joffrey, she was a dancer at Joffrey Ballet. And she immediately, like very naturally, started to addressing the dancers. Um, first of all, she started with, okay, I'm going to give you n- your numbers, but I really want to know your names. So she immediately asked for our names, you know, and she, she took, I think, like, I mean, she was, she's very intelligent. Like, I'm still up to this day. I'm very impressed how smart she is. Um, she asked the dancers their names and then she repeated them you know she made sure that she knew them by their names and naturally she instead of saying okay can I have the girls or can I have the boys she just went on saying okay my flat shoe people and my point shoe people Love that. Um, mm. and at that time David and I were very you know exploring our creativity I think creativity is something that you never stop exploring so (laughs) when we were having these rehearsals for winter's tale we would just take all the tutus that we found in the studio and just like david would start dressing me like putting them a skirt girl like it was full on a show (laughs) like this was like between lunch and like 
you know, so we had the time to, you know, and people would come in and, you know, everybody, of course, would make comments, blah, blah, blah. But then the guests, teachers were like, we, and they even pulled us to the side, David and I, one day, and they were like, we really appreciate what you guys are bringing to the studio because we need that. You know, they, they knew and they were aware that the dance industry needs more of, I don't even know how to call that because I don't want to say like, oh, authenticity or like, you know, like just... I don't know, but they said to us, thank you, that was really fun to watch and we appreciate that you guys are being yourselves. Um, but then it was all great, like it was wonderful and we had a conversation with them as well, like why did you, instead of saying boys and girls, you know, and uh, these guests said, um, well, because the times that we're living now are calling for change. Like mm. I am aware that people are not being comfortable with a beautiful art form you know and and we need to change that we need to address that so of course we started wearing skirts and then at the beginning people were you know not maybe they weren't showing it but you know you can tell when somebody doesn't agree with what you do and in the beginning people were not agreeing and then slowly it translated to more um lgbtqa dancers wearing skirts um it came to the point that uh one of the dancers closely talking to me came out as non-binary to me privately and for like a year we had conversations just alone nobody knew they were non-binary and then finally they took that big step and they they and that's when i also realized that okay maybe i wasn't doing <laughs> wrong things maybe i was i was you know on the path of of trying something new and exploring um and yeah i even had people at the last gala um in july come to me and say you know i never agreed on the way that you did things i always was very against against it i really don't liked it i never supported it um but now i can see that's intense i but so. you know and i mean yeah and and then this person said but you know now i see why you did the things the way you did them and it even make me question my integrity mm -hmm. and like the things that I was like the way I did things I questioned them many times and I was like oh maybe you know because also talking to you guys or like when the Black Lives Matter movement when Marcy was like maybe uh, you could have done this differently or that you were like do not reply to these messages you know like it made me question many things of of just me and I mean of course at that time I was also still not aware of who I was and maybe I'm not yet there and you know it's a never-ending journey but um, all those things led me to to stay stronger and just hold on tighter to what I wanted and what I wanted to achieve so quitting the Hamburg Ballet was hard I mean I cannot say that it was hard because you know you you've been there longer so of course but it was a hard decision I knew it had to be done and it brought me a lot of sadness but at the same time and if you ask me now I don't know if I can tell you that I'm happy like of course I'm happy on a whole perspective but the most important thing for me was to be at peace and right now I am very much at peace like they are at oh peace I always say like I can peace. walk freely without yeah. feeling the fear that I'm gonna get a message or a yeah. call or 
uh, DM being like, why are you saying this? Like oh the gaslight, God. the constant gaslight, you know, like, mm. why are you saying this? Why are you posting this? Like, how dare you? I'm like, I dare because it is my voice and I can do whatever mm. I want with it, you know? Uh. But at some point I didn't know, but I'm at peace, you know, happy. Happiness I think and I peace of mind is Yeah, I think, key. but oh, it's, it feels free. Like, honestly, you know, I can say that I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but it feels good. Or you good. just realize there's places that are called toxic environment and you just have to get out of that. And you call them out. And oh. maybe. <laughs> no, for so no, long I didn't yeah. want to address it like that because right. I was like, I know people there that I appreciate truly, mm-hmm. you know, that I yeah. love. I of want course. them to do better. And of course, maybe the person that said to me, I never agreed with the things that you did them the way you did them. Maybe it was because I was very like on people's faces about it. Or maybe I was very shady or I was very like, maybe I pointed fingers at some point, which I try not to, but it just happened, you know? And, but that's the thing that you said before, like having a conversation and I believe that still up to this day, conversations in this place are not happening. And it is in a way worrying because of the people that I'm close there that are part of the community. I just, you know, I worry about them. Or But that's what I mean about the toxic environment. Because yeah. for in my new place, even if they don't get something, I, I'm, I don't get impatient about the conversations because they are willing to like, mm-hmm. okay, please educate me. Mm. I don't know what you're talking about, but I don't want to disrespect you. That's yeah. it. You know, it's all about that. And if that place doesn't even try to to see you, you know, and there's something wrong because, you know, in a place where there's about, what, 60 plus dancers, obviously you cannot please everyone, but there is this level of respect that needs to be catered mm-hmm. even respect. if you don't get it. Yeah. You know, you don't have to get me just much as I don't have to get your full life, but I'm here respecting you. Am I? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even, even if I go back a little bit to the experience with the guests, teachers, it was all wonderful. You know, like our ballet masters tried to make the changes. Some of them had conversations with us about it and, you know, speaking of specifically the non-binary spectrum, but then when they left, it was one. It was constant jokes. No, constant right. jokes about, oh, should I call them now? Flat shoe people and point shoe people. And I was like, yeah, you should. Yeah. Because <laughs> why are you making fun of it? Or, you know, comments or shady, you know, and I was like, don't. And that's what, when I What realized. is the reason? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Like, what was the reason? Yeah, like, what, what is it? Like, reason? why? Like, what is the fulfillment in you saying this? Is it because right. you don't understand and you're afraid of it? Mm-hmm. Because maybe you have somebody in your family that might be like that and you don't understand it. Or you're like that. Or you are like that and you no, you know, like yeah, I'm sorry. not. I, I, like, I'm just imagining exact the exact person you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> no, and not because and this is one Call thing. Out. No, no, no. This is one thing that you know there is this canceling culture that for so long i believed i was like you know what you don't want to learn you don't want to do the job you're canceled to me you know i'm gonna cut ties with you and it is what it is but now i give people the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. maybe way too much but at the end of the day i also understood that we're all humans yeah like i understood that even there are things that i don't understand and there are things that i still need to be educated and that's why i don't want to be like you know this and that but there is no need to may to put people in the spotlight the way they did it with their jokes or their comments. You know, there is no need 
to, okay, you don't understand it. Okay, you might be or you might know someone or whatever, but you don't need to attack very passive-aggressively the people that identify like that, that you know. And then that later on, you might have a conversation with them and you're like, oh, maybe things can change. But then, inf- so I don't know if it's also like social pressure, you know, yeah, many yeah, things right. play a, a part in this and it is a hard topic. Even for me, sometimes I find it hard to speak of because I'm like, am I being too harsh on them? Mm-hmm. Am yeah. I being... But I'm going to circle back. Again, it is the environment because yeah. if the environment is the one that actually is making this all be healthy... <laughs> You know, then, and then no one will be making those silly jokes in the side. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little switch because we've been talking a lot about <laughs> BTS, what is mm-hmm. happening behind the scenes, how, how what is happening internally. But let's sit inside of the audience. What What do you feel when you see someone who looks like you, someone who has the same skin color, someone who's visibly queer? What ha- How do you feel when you see them on stage? empowered i feel like seen i feel understood and i i feel inspired honestly you know yeah i also feel inspired i think um we live in germany so i, I can speak of our experience in the in germany i guess we don't only always see people that we relate to and that was also something that I was like, well, you know, third performance of the week. I'm like, it is what it is. It just felt automatic. But then as soon as you see somebody that you're like, oh, they're queer, they're brown, or, you know, they, yeah. you get this boost of, I don't know, for me, it's like energy or, or um, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I, I want to show them that there is someone like them, maybe not closely like mm-hmm. them, sorry, but, you know, that... If I can be here, maybe your daughter, your son, your or yourself, or you know, it's also never too late to pursue something, not professionally, but just, you know, if it makes you happy, because I've heard a lot of people being like, Oh, I could never, like I'm old now, or I don't have the body, or I'm too fat, or this. And I'm like, No, no. Like you don't of course you don't have to do it for the aim of being a professional ballerina or whatever, but if it brings you joy and if you see someone that you can relate to doing the same thing, I think you can also do it. And I think that's I think that's what uh, representation mm-hmm. does is that you know you feel understood and seen and maybe one day I could be like that too you know and I think that's why it's since Black Lives Matter movement every time I watch a show or even a movie or any concert you're like oh my god you really realize yeah. the w- what yeah. you're seeing yeah. in front of you is really a lot of white people <laughs> you know and. And that's okay also. It's just I need, like, as you said, if you ask, what do you feel when you see somebody that it looks like you or whatever like that? You know, I, that's the, the thing that makes it, maybe that will even cater bigger audiences because then we have a wider spectrum of crowd to fill in the front if we have a, I don't know, a more diverse, inclusive cast. How did you feel when you were a dancer with the Hamburg Ballet? How I felt. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, my my paths are very similar to yours, uh, as in not growing up in Germany and then coming here and finding out that you're uh, a brown. minority. <laughs> yeah. Finding you're out that, that you're actually <laughs> you're not you're not us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, for me, this perspective switch that the the curse and the blessing 
of Corona really helped me uh, find myself, find the vocabulary that I need to navigate throughout the Western uh, Western world. Um, so yeah, now now I'm here finding my voice and helping other people find theirs and also building this community and platform to help each other coordinate, mm-hmm. right. especially through this project. I think a lot of things are going to become clearer or maybe not, but we're definitely going to be speaking to a lot of people with different perspectives to also help ourselves find a solution or a way or just this comfort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for being here today. You can say time, you know? Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask, because we have quite a few podcasts left, what is a question that you would like to, to hear from the, the other people? Uh, what interests you about BIPOC bodies here in Germany, here in, in the theater? We have freelance. We have people from the freelance scene. We have people from the hip-hop scene. We have... Um, different generations of performers and choreographers. What is a question that you would like to pass on uh, for another group to answer? Hmm. It's hard. It's hard. Because if I think of the people that... Like, what are your questions, actually? Yeah, but also, this is something that I... Realized the other day, well, not like realized, but it's, I was like, okay, of course, we're, we're the minority. Um, but <laughs> it's like in these companies or these spaces, it's always the people that look like us, they want that feel outcasted. Mm-hmm. Or um, like you mentioned before that uh, in Leipzig, there were other people that identify as non-conforming before um, they had a different experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so I guess, what is it that that makes a different experience for each individual? Like, where is it that my experience in the Hamburg Ballet is different and went in a different route than, let's say, somebody now that mm-hmm. is there as the only POC? Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to formulate, and I don't know if I'm making sense. But what is it that these institutions, or what is it that with certain people they have a harder time or, or what is it or what? I don't know. I don't know. I, it's something that... But I think that's always the, the question of how do we embrace now? You know, like I think in institutions like theaters and operas and all of this, their race to chase the current times has always been the, the hardest part. The race <laughs> to, and chasing <laughs> the modern times, <laughs> darling. <laughs> you know, no, because it is an issue. Because how do you change repertoire that you've been doing for how many hundreds of years? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, now we need to be more inclusive and diverse. That freaks out the people on top, right? Like, so when one has a bad experience and then the other one gets better, it means there are good. Cha- there, there must have been a change that has happened since the bad experience, and yes. It will. That's growth, right? In every workplace, like it, it, you, you can't be stuck in a box. Mm-hmm. You have to constantly, either mm-hmm. you know, ask people whatever. And that's why you you want to you do. The dream is to have a happy workplace, you know. Yeah. 
What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the question for the others. I would say is... Um, you can make it hard. You can make it easy. Uh, I know? don't know. The thing is... I feel like everyone's journey is so different. That of I know, course, so what, what do you want to know? Yeah, but like if my question... Oh. Okay, go for it. Okay, maybe this is for for freelancers. Okay, give say. it. Is that okay? okay. It, I, I'm going to ask whoever's next. Yeah, because like, um, <laughs> I'm always intrigued to, like, to know... Because it must mm-hmm. be so difficult, you know, to do that constantly and all this because you need to be your own thing. You have to be, the, you know having a structure and all of that, like, is that what inspires usually? Like, what is your driving force? Is what it is a, your driving is, what force? What is your driving force? Is it a self thing or is it a community thing? Is it a, or also financial thing? Like, what are, are the driving force of a freelance artist? Because I want to know. Yeah, that's all. So, Pascal Schmidt, what is your driving force? <laughs> 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 Actually, I want to know. Tune in to because <laughs> <laughs> no, I like no jokes. Like I feel like in our house of brownies, we're always doing things. We're always, I guess, we always focused on like the problems that were arising from being in the Community. in the commu- like in the dance industry actively. Right. But I feel like it was harder for us to always get into what's going on here and you know what drives you in to also be like <laughs> maybe i'll do i uh, do an episode where i'm gonna <laughs> answer everybody's question that you they should, have right you yeah should. actually so Mother. i guess we'll we'll agree on to today's the next <laughs> podcast question <laughs> is what is your driving force yes. that okay. is a good question that is a really good question that is a lot that is a that deep is question. that is it can go like to therapy or to <laughs> it's very it's good it's a good one uh, but also in the in the thing you mentioned a lot about mental health is there some yeah. is a question you want to ask somebody about mental health well that was a specific thing that you brought up did i in the in the podcast oh. themes mm mm-hmm. Oh my god, stroke. <laughs> <laughs> I can't work under pressure. <laughs> it's just like, I was just like, shit, what the hell? Miss Jackson. <laughs> um, honestly, it is hard for me to formulate a question right now. Okay. 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 Yeah. No pressure, no pressure. But cool. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. For coming here all this way from Leipzig and Kiel. And uh, I'm very happy that you could be a part of this. And yeah. Of course, Thank Mama. Thank you for having us. Yes. We're so happy that you guys do this. Give yeah. platforms. Yeah. Bravo. Brava. Brava. Bravi. <laughs> <laughs> Vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening and tune into our next episode of For more information, visit our social media pages, Representants underscore lab. The content on this podcast has been verified to the best of our abilities. We cannot guarantee that there are no mistakes or errors. 
We sadly acknowledge that at the moment we have no representation of a person with disabilities. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered as legal or medical advice.